Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. It's good to have each person with us and you know, we uh, we are the Light in Kent. We're in Kent, Ohio, and my name's Larry Knoll, so that's who you've joined today. And last night we were singing Christmas carols downtown. Um, we dress up in these crazy costumes. They're really cool. They're Dickens-type costumes, and we dress up in this whole regalia, and we go downtown, and for hundreds of people there to see Santa Claus arrive by train. And if you've never been here for this... It's something you should put on your calendar for the first Saturday in December next year because we do this every year. And we get to go down and sing Christmas carols. It's so much fun. And we had the uh, students from Chi Alpha. We had a number of them with us last night as well. So it's just fantastic time. And uh, our voices are a little deeper because of breathing the night air. And uh, singing for a couple of hours, we walk around the downtown area and sing some at some of the street corners. And somebody said, I feel like it's we're in a Hallmark movie tonight, you know. And I don't know about that. I've seen many Hallmark movies, thanks to my wife. And she has uh, educated me on that whole genre of movies. But um, we want to just say welcome to you, and we hope that you're having a good season in Christ. You know, we whatever the season is, if we're in Christ, it can be a positive season, right? Even when it's not so great, when things aren't going our way. You know, studies show that Christmas is the number one most likely time that an unchurched person would say yes. Did you know that? To an invitation. So we have some invitations. We have passed out to all of you that are here. And any of you that are watching that you may not have one of these invitations, but you might want to join us for our Christmas Eve service. That is, of course, on Christmas Eve at six o'clock. So for those of you uh, who don't know what date that is, that's on the 24th of this month. Okay, at six o'clock, we have a one hour uh, Tri-C service. What is that? It's carols, candlelight, and communion. So we have carols, candlelight, and communion for one hour here. It's a beautiful service. We turn the lights down. It's very simple, very sacred, and we try to get you in and out uh, so that you can go and do whatever that it is that you're doing with family. But join us, and if you're here I want, I want you to remember, this is the number one most likely time people are, will respond to an invitation. So we have invitation cards for you, and if you didn't get them yet, Sophia will make sure that you get these before church is over. And I've given a few to, to each of you to invite somebody to our 6 o'clock Christmas Eve service. So uh, if you need more information on that, you can go to thelightingkent.com. And find out when we're having that service, how to get here. You can share that with your friends. It's on this card as well. But we would love to have you uh, for that service as well as your family. We're starting a new series today. It's only a three-part series. It'll go through the all the way through the rest of Advent. And it's called The Ghost of Christmas 
past. How many are familiar with the Charles Dickens story, The Christmas Carol? I, I was, the reason we have all these Dickens costumes is I used to direct a play every year called uh, The Gospel According to Scrooge. And so I just kept all these costumes. And so I'm very familiar with this story and always wanted to do a series uh, kind of based out of this. Now, we're not going to talk a lot about that today, and maybe we'll do that on another uh, Christmas season. But I thought about the ghosts that followed Scrooge uh, into his bedroom and appeared to him that, throughout that night and the purposes of those. And it kind of made me think that um, we all carry some things into the holiday season that affects it sometimes. You know, the other day we were having some challenges in our family that centered around the holidays and how we were going to work all this stuff out. And I was kind of down about it. I was No, I was very down about it. I was very stressed about it. And I said under my breath, I'm beginning to hate the holidays. I said that under my breath, okay? So nobody could hear me, but I heard me, okay? And it was like a little voice inside that said, holidays aren't the problem, Larry. Holidays are not the problem. The holidays just magnify the stuff that's year-round. It was like a little voice spoke that to me. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I think it was the Lord, okay? I think it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, Larry, the holidays aren't the issue. It's the stuff that's just there. It gets magnified, doesn't it? And next week, we're going to deal with these things that are in our lives, things that are in us as a person and in our families that shows up like ghosts at a holiday. Just like Scrooge, these things were already there. But Marley came and showed up and said, you're going to have to face these things. You're going to have to face these things that have been a part of your life, and you're going to have to do something about that. So next week, we're going to be talking about the ghosts of shame. And we're going to be dealing with healing shame in our life. And then the third week, we're going to be talking about labels and how we can break those labels. But today, we're going to talk about overcoming offenses overcoming offenses. Do you know somebody who's easily offended? Maybe you're one of those people, okay? Are you easily offended? I don't know. I mean, it's happened to me. Some of the smallest things can set me off sometimes. <gasps> you, Pastor Larry? There's no way, right? <laughs> but it happens. Sometimes it can be just like the most insignificant thing, can it? I mean, you're just driving, minding your own business, you're trying to be nice even. You know, one of the nicest drivers on the road is Don back there. Don, Don Grunewald, he's one of the nicest drivers. He's so nice, it just makes me sick he's so nice, you know. He's just like, Don, you don't have to be that nice. This is Akron, all right? This is the Akron area. You don't have to be that nice. But you know you're nice and you let somebody in, you know. You know that you could just drive by, but you see them sitting there wanting to merge in and you let them in and they don't give you the thank you wave. Right? They don't give you that little in the mirror thing like this so you can go. And you're like, well, geez, you're welcome. You ever say that one, you know? Or you hold the door for somebody and they just walk in like, you know, you're the doorman at Target, you know? And you're like, 
Yeah, no problem. Got it. I'll be here when you come out, too. You know? Or how about when you call? Here we go. Or you text somebody. You call and you leave a message. I don't know. Do you ever listen to your messages? Obviously not. Or you text and you and you see delivered. Then you see read. If you have an iPhone, you can do that. And you go, okay. And you don't breathe like for hours because you're waiting for the response. And you know they read it, you know, and you're like, man. But then... You go to Instagram, and they're posting all kinds of stuff. And you go, I know they're alive. I know they're on their phone. I know they saw my text. What's their problem? (laughs) And we get very offended, don't we? Or let's talk about the holidays. The holidays, the same person that shows up late. They show up late every time. You say, you know, we have a trick. We have one like that. And if it's at 2.30, we say two. Okay? They've caught on. All right? So now we have to up it another half hour because they caught on to that one, all right? But it's the same person that's always late, and they're the last to get there and the first to leave. They never help with cleanup. It's like, hey, I got to go, guys. Thanks for the great food. Goodbye. Thanks for all the presents. Goodbye. And you're like in there scrubbing, sweeping, and you're like throwing, you know, wrapping paper away, you know, or, you know. The people that just walk in, they see the booties, the little bag of booties, right? What do you got to do? Put a toll booth, a toll booth, you know, at your house. You don't come in the carpet with your shoes on. We made it very clear. And they just, hey, I'm good to be here, you know. And God knows what's all on your shoes, you know. Don't, no worries. We'll just buy more carpet when you're done with it, Okay. Around the holidays, some littlest things can set us off in the biggest ways, can it? The rest of the day, we're just looking at those shoes going, you're such an idiot, okay? And we're supposed, this is supposed to be a Christ-honoring time, isn't it? And we get all balled up like this in emotion, and it often becomes very destructive in our relationships with the people that we love the most, You see, there's people that we love, but we wouldn't go on vacation with. Do you know what I'm saying? You can take one hour, two hour doses of them and just love the pieces out of them. Oh, I just love you. Oh, come here. I love you. But if you had to go on a trip, we did that once here at the church. Those people no longer come here. Okay. I'm not saying it's because we went on a trip together. I'm not saying we went to Florida or anything together. But let me tell you, after that trip, I was like, Did you ever imagine? We got back and I was like, oh my gosh, how many times do they have to go to the bathroom? You know? And we we were we're like a tank, we're tank people, you know. You just go until you gotta fill the tank, you know, you just drive and then you do it all when you get out there, you know? And these people were like it was like gas stations, it was like they were seeing how many they could sightsee at. Oh, isn't this a wonderful gas station, you know? So, you know, you find out about things about people when you start spending time with them. And sometimes it gets under our skin. We get offended by some of these things because we don't understand why they do this, why they act this way. And, you know, for many of us, there are also significant hurts and wounds that begin to surface this time of the year, don't they? 
things that are serious, not the little things I was just talking about. I mean, some of you have been betrayed in huge ways, and it comes back, and it hurts like crazy right now. Some of us have had lies, abuses that we're dealing with. I call these the uninvited guests to the holidays. We don't want them, but they, it seems to surface. It seems to come back up during the holidays. And even to watch a harmless you know, Christmas movie, one that ordinarily would be great for anybody else, we struggle through those times. Because of the hurts, because of the abuses, because of the lies, because of the things that have been done over time, Christmas dinners are destroyed and families are divided and even friendships end during these times. I hope this doesn't happen to you during this wonderful time of the year where we're honoring the birth of our Savior. But it does, doesn't it? There are times that it does. And I pray you aren't opening gifts with a closed heart towards somebody. Someone that God has called you to actually love. We actually sitting there in the same room, we're opening gifts. How, I mean, after all, how can we celebrate the love of Jesus Christ while hating someone close to us? But it often happens that way. How can we enjoy God's grace while extending none to someone who has hurt us? That's why in this Christmas season, I want to talk to you about overcoming offenses. Because we can do something about this. We really can, if you want to. So let me tell you about my progress, okay? I'll talk to you about my progress. So we'll, we'll get this. I'll just kind of warm up the room here a little bit. Because I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been lied to by somebody that I trusted the most. And there came a point that I realized that my hatred for them was controlling my life. Okay? They did some of the worst things that anybody could do to somebody when you say you love one another. And they did all the wrong things that was very destructive in so many ways and very on a lot of levels. But there came a point when I chose to forgive them. I chose to forgive. I remember God said, you got to forgive them. And I said, well, I have. What's the problem, God? I forgave him. And he goes, but you won't say their name. I had an alternative name, and it wasn't very good. When I spoke to them, I used this other name, which I won't say what it is, okay? And he said, well, you won't say their name. That same little voice that spoke to me the other day was there. And it says, you won't say their name. So I said their name and another person that was involved. And as I did, this stuff came out of me that was a sob like you would never believe. It was like I just barfed up all kinds of spiritual junk that had been in me for months and months. It was dark and it hurt. And it hurt coming out. Am I allowed to say barf in church, Richard? Okay. You can censor me if I'm not allowed to say barf in church. But see, I had to choose to forgive them. And when I obeyed the Lord and he said, you won't say their name. And I said, I forgive them. And I said their name. 
boom. I crossed a line that I had set there and said, well, I will forgive them, but I won't respect them. I won't respect them. I'll disrespect them every time I have to refer to them. And God said, that's not good. That's not good enough. You've got to go the extra mile. See, what's more difficult? The little things that I was talking about before that we're laughing about? Like my neighbor. If you've been here very long, you probably remember a story I told about my neighbor that kept parking on my lawn. I'm like, dude, what don't you get about this? This is my grass. That's your grass. Park on your grass. All you want. But don't park on my grass. What do you think this is? It doesn't say public parking here. This is Larry and Mary Knoll's place. And he would consistently, on purpose, park on my grass. I'm not sure why to this day. I think he saw it was entertaining because of the things I would do to try to keep him off of there. And he would just... I put a little fence there, and he just took the little fence and threw it up on my... I planted new grass there that he had destroyed. He just drove right over that new grass. I was like, you're an idiot. I live next to an idiot, Mary. This guy's a total idiot with a capital I. Okay? What is his problem? But, you know, I chose to give it up. And not be offended by it anymore. And it was magical. He quit parking on my lawn when it wasn't fun for him anymore. When he didn't see me turning red. When he didn't see me, you know, looking over at him. He would sit on his porch and wait to see what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. It was, it was better than cable. Well, one time we had a person that was at our church. And they got up and without talking to us. And this is a person that was super close to us. And they got up and they announced to the church that they were leaving. We were just as shocked as everybody else. We felt, well, we should have been talked to at least five minutes before church. It would have been nice to not find out. You see, those kind of things you can grab onto and you have every right because somebody's really done something to you. They've crossed the line. They've done something. They've, they've not been thoughtful about your situation. So, yeah, you have every right in the normal world to be upset and offended with them. But I came to, I came to realize something. My life is too short. My life is too short and my calling is too big to be offended it's not fun to carry that around. It's so energy absorbing. It's so wasteful of your mind and your life to be offended. I mean, what are you called to be? What are you called to do? What does God want you to do? Anybody, what does God call us as followers of Christ to do or to be? Anybody? Love one another. What else? Love others as Christ has loved us. What are other things? What's that? Make disciples. Make disciples. Anything else? What's that? Be servants. Be servants. Pardon me? Be an agent of healing and forgiveness and deliverance. Yes. 
If we're going to be the light of the world, if we're going to be the salt of this earth, if we're going to reflect the love of Jesus, if we're going to do his work of miracles, if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, if we're going to show his love on this planet, we can't be offended. We can't live with offenses, guys. We can't do it. Because it will not allow us to freely serve others. Pastor Craig Groeschel, who, by the way, I want to thank for this um, outline. His, he didn't preach this, but somebody is, uh, a guy named Chris, preached just uh, a sermon with this outline at his church. And, but he says, Pastor Craig says, small people hold big grudges. Small people hold big grudges. And I refuse to be a small person. How about you? I refuse to do that. My life is too short. My calling is too great to live offended. I refuse to be a small person. I'm not going to do it. What does it mean to overlook an offense? What does it say that? Proverbs 19.11 A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. What does overlooking offense mean? Overlooking offenses is, is not the same, by the way, as pretending it didn't happen. It happened. You still feel it. There's a scar. You'll never forget it, okay? You can always, if you want to think about it, you can think about it. As soon as you think about it, you'll be back there. It'll hurt. So it's not like we're going to pretend something didn't happen. But what we're talking about here in Proverbs 19.11, overlooking offense, is this. It's a conscious decision to let it go. We're going to watch the Disney movie and sing Let It Go, okay? We're going to be, what's that girl that sings it on there? I don't know. But see, we're going to let it go. It's a form of forgiveness when you let it go. And overlook actually means this. It's two Hebrew words put together that means pass over. Pass over. When we overlook, we pass over. And Proverbs is telling us, Proverbs 19.11, it's to one's glory to pass over or overlook an offense. It's to, it's to your glory. To rise above something spiritually, mentally, and emotionally is to your glory. God is glorified when you do that. Why? So that some small offense doesn't take you out of God's calling. Can you imagine? Some little itty-bitty thing that we talked about in the beginning, it, ta- it prevents people from fulfilling God's calling in their life. It does. It happens, everybody. And it's, it's happened to me. It's, it just takes you out of the game. And we don't want that to happen. That's probably one of the worst things that could happen to us. Whenever one, whenever any, and I want to give you a quote here from Renee Descartes, okay? She says, whenever anyone has offended me, I try to raise my soul so high that the offense can't reach it. I'm going to raise my soul so high. Why? Because life is too short. My calling is too great. I'm going to get over it. I'm getting over this thing. So I want to talk about two things. One about the bigger 
offenses and one about the smaller. Here's the first thought. With God's help, I'm going to get over this. Did you hear that? With God's help, I'm going to get over this. Say that. With God's help, I'm going to get over this. Say it one more time. With God's help, I'm getting over this. Do we want to get over it? Or is it fun to somehow think we're punishing somebody by carrying that offense around? Is it fun to do that? We're giving them what they deserve when they don't even know that you're doing it. All you're doing is killing yourself. You're taking yourself out of God's calling, his purpose. Ephesians 4.2, the New Living Translation, says it like this. Always be humble and gentle. Oh, wait. Let, I like that. Let's, let me read that again. Always, at all times, be humble and gentle. Be patient. Oh, my goodness. Listen to these words. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Why? Because of your love. If you love like you say you do, as a child of God, as a servant of the Most High, if you love, then humility, gentleness, patience, making allowance for others. Why? Why would we make allowances? I mean, they need to get their life together. They need to, and if I don't let them know how wrong they are, they'll never get it straightened out. <laughs> First of all, they don't know what you're thinking. And they don't know why you're acting like a jerk, okay? When you're around them. They don't say, what's his problem? Do you ever have a problem with somebody? You offended them, okay? And you've been on this, this side of it. And you're so confused because they started acting differently and you don't know why they act different. Anybody ever, ha did you ever experience that side of it? It's weird because you're like, I don't know. And you have a choice. You know, it's like, I'll go and ask them or I don't know, maybe I'll just give them space. I tend to give people space. I'm like, I guess you're figuring something out. I used to feel like I was the guilty party all the time. So I'd be like, what's, what's wrong? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong. <laughs> They'll tell you what's wrong then. But then, you know, now I just like, it's probably not me. Because I'm so good. All right. So, <laughs> no, I'm not. I just, I'm just, you know, I've offended so many people. I'm an equal opportunity offender that I just, you know, I just like, if it's really bad, you'll come to me. All right. So unless it's my wife. Okay. Then I want to know. I want to know. I need to know if it's you. Okay. So we need to make allowances for one reason, because nobody's perfect. You ain't perfect, honey. And you're your family ain't perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. In Kent, Akron, Ohio, the U.S., this globe. There's nobody perfect. We're going to do stupid things. We're going to do knucklehead things. We're going to do things we didn't mean to do. We're going to do devious things sometimes. Don't know why we do it, but sometimes we hurt people like you wouldn't believe. And if we don't know Christ, we're capable of so much more. So I love this statement. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I've heard that so many times. I'm like, what are you saying? Here's the thing. We do judge people. We judge others. We and we judge ourselves. We judge, though. We, you know, we judge ourselves. 
And we judge others. Let's face it. Here's how we, the difference though. We judge others by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions. Did you hear that? We judge others by their actions, what they did, and we judge ourselves by our motives or our intentions. What do you mean, Pastor Larry? Well, let me tell you. Here's the difference. So, we judge ourselves this way. Well, I didn't mean it. It's stupid if you think I meant that. I was just joking. Okay? I mean, after all, you know my heart, right? I'm so hurt that you would think that I would hurt you. I mean, that wasn't my intention. I mean, you know me. Come on. You need to give me a little, you know, benefit of a doubt here. You need to give me a little benefit of a doubt. I mean, after all, we're buds, right? You see, but we judge others by what they do. Don't judge me by what I do. You got to know, you got to look beyond what I do. But when you do it, huh, gotcha. See, I want others to give me the benefit of a doubt. And I need to do the same. Someone with road rage, for instance. What is their problem? Did you see that maniac? <sighs> and we're like, you know, we want to just rage him right back. Well, you just wah, 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 flash the lights. Tell them they're number one. That's right. But see, we need to give them a benefit of a doubt. We don't know the bad news they may be dealing with right now. We may, they may have just lost their job and they can't even see straight. They may be hurting or upset like you wouldn't believe. They just got the worst news. in their, You don't know whose path you just crossed. Would you give them a benefit of a doubt? No, they're just one of those bullies in a big SUV who just thinks they can crowd in and they come running down that lane when they know it's merging. Listen, they might be in. I love this one. You know, we get somebody and we think, well, what a bully. They just came right. And then I pass them and, you know, they're like an older person. And I, th I just feel differently. And I'm like, well, I got to give them the, I got to give them the senior pass on that one. Because I don't know what they're seeing. I don't know, you know. I don't know what they're hearing or seeing. And I, and I would do that for my parents, okay. I would give them the senior pass. And I want people to give me the senior pass next year, okay. <laughs> See, if we put other people, if we put ourselves, all right, in other people's situations, it's just so much easier to understand, isn't it? I've often heard that hurt people hurt people. When people are hurting, they don't know what they're doing to other people. They're just in survival mode. And that's no excuse. I understand that. But that's just the way it is sometimes. And you, you've done the same, I imagine, unless you're an exceptional person. And if we, under try, if we try to understand people, we might not be so easily offended. Before we make assumptions... Why don't we ask a question? If we know them well enough, is everything okay? What can I do for you? Especially when it's our friends, our family. You might see somebody in the grocery store that 
you sense is really just edgy, on edge. I'm not certain that you should do this all the time. But maybe the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you just say, Hey, how's it going? You know, <laughs> everything okay? You might get an opportunity. I'm not saying that would be the thing to do every time, but maybe the Holy Spirit would lead you to do that. And you could just say, well, listen, thanks for sharing that. I'll be praying for you, you know. And you might want to pray for them right then and there. We have opportunities to bring healing instead of pushing back and creating more of that negative energy in our society. And we also, here's a little extra I'm going to throw in, no extra charge. We have to be careful not to be offended for others. Ooh, this is one of the most dangerous things. See, here's what happens is you have a brother, you have a sister, you have a mama, you have got a papa, you got a BFF, and somebody does them wrong and you go, well, how dare they? And we get really offended. Now, we don't know the details. We just heard their side of it, by the way. Okay, now there's always two sides. And I know you love this person, but don't forget, they're going to they're going to tell you their side of it. So you don't know both sides. So you take up an offense naturally, especially parents with children, parents with children. Hello. You know, this one's for you, too. You don't know what the teacher saw. You don't know what the teacher went through. So give them, you know, the coach, the band director, whatever it is. So we only hear the one side of the story, the side that that person wants us to hear. They don't tell us sometimes the other things. We get all offended. Then these people make amends. But you weren't there to know about it. And you remain offended for them long after they've already dealt with each other. And you're still offended, you know, and it's like six months later and, and they make a comment about them. And, you know, well, you know, Sue, this, yeah, she's such a dirty, rotten, you know what. And you go, oh, no, 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 we went out to lunch. And you go, what? I've been mad at them. I've been building up madness for six months. You went out to lunch. You see, we wasted our time, didn't we? We were offended for somebody. So, they move on. Restitution is made. Forgiveness is given. And we're still stuck in the offense for somebody. Be very, very, very careful. Um, be very, very careful about that. We get offended because we only know how we feel, though. How that situation makes us feel. Or maybe our loved one feels. And we have no idea, and sometimes we don't really care, how the offender felt that person that did that thing, what were they dealing with? And I doubt, I'm just going to tell you this, most people do not intend to hurt you. Most people, most people, I'm not saying all, but most people that offend you did not intend to hurt you at all. In fact, a lot of people that offend you don't even know you're breathing. They don't even know your name and you're offended. And it ruins your day. What a waste of a day on somebody you don't even really know. And sometimes people are just trying to get by. They're just trying to deal with their situation. They were only thinking of themselves. They were only thinking of their family. And then we get all offended by that. It's not worth it. You see, here's, a, here's, here's the key. It's not all, all. It's not all about you. 
It's not about all about me. Sometimes I just wonder what people are going through when they do things that I say are stupid. Instead of being offended by maybe we should have compassion for some people. Wouldn't that be the kind of a Jesus thing? To have compassion for people? To make allowances like the word of God says? To overlook their offenses and towards us that we feel, listen, life is too short. Our calling is too great to live offended, right? Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. So number one, with God's help, I'm getting over being easily offended. Number two is I'm getting over big offenses. I'm going to try with God's help not to be so easily offended. But here's another thing. I need to get over some big deals in my life. I'm still dealing with them. See, I, first of all, I do want to acknowledge there are significant hurts that we go through. Some of you have been through some significant things in your life. You've gone through that. It's just not been easy, to say the least. There's been some devastating betrayals, abuse, uh, people that have been molested, lied to, uh, adultery, everything, I mean, that you can think of. So, you know, I, I don't know everybody's story here, and I certainly don't know the story of people that I don't know who are watching right now. But during Christmas time or during the holidays, those things get magnified, don't they? They come back at you like this. And it's hard to see the joy of the holiday because this thing is there. And we just think, the person who did this to me they're just, they're having a great time. They could care less. You're right. They probably could care less. And they are probably just having a good time. But you seem to be blocked by this. See, when we've been hurt, we have a re choice. We can rehearse it or, and, and, or we can release it. You can rehearse something or you can release it. You can rehearse it and curse it. Somebody once said. What do we mean? Well, just keep talking about it. Tell everybody you know how you feel. Make sure you don't forget all the details. And embellish a few of them and add your emotion to it. And cut off any of the other information. Just give your side of it and just keep going over it. That's rehearsing and cursing it. Because you're going to then say condemnations on what you feel about this person. What ought to happen to them. Keep that hurt alive by talking about it and thinking about it and referring to it and joking about it in a sarcastic way. Or you can do that or you begin, begin to release it with God's help. You can do that too. I am passing over this now. I'm not going to. It's not that it didn't happen. But I'm passing over this. I'm overcoming. This is not going to affect my life anymore. It's to our glory, Proverbs said, to our glory to overlook an offense. Notice I said begin to release it. I didn't say, oh, just release that thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just say it. Just believe it. That's right. Just say it and it's done. 
you know. Well, that's the beginning of it. But oftentimes there's a process. So we begin to release it. Because forgiveness sometimes can take time. We had, we had costumes that somehow we put these bags in our costume boxes and they're to absorb moisture because we store them in an outdoor storage. But one of those bags somehow burst and this putrid looking, looked like tobacco stains. I was like, who's been chewing tobacco wearing our costumes, you know? And it was all over these white, of course, the white costume shirts. And I was like, well, just throw those suckers out. You know, <laughs> they're, they're done. That's my view of it. And Sandy took those and a lot of them she was able to salvage i will guarantee you there was probably a process involved you know it wasn't like well just pray and watch like they show you on tv spray watch throw it in there and praise god look at it it's just as white and as brand new i guarantee you there was a process of getting that stain out of that shirt And there's a process of forgiveness that takes time. And as we ask God for help to do this, the Spirit will strengthen us and help us to rebuild and heal these areas of our lives. You see, if we want to leave those places in our lives that have been messed up by what we've gone through, then the enemy will use those and he'll build little forts, little strongholds, the word calls it. And then we'll develop anger as a result of that. You ever wonder, why am I so angry? That's a stronghold of the enemy built in an old fort. Somebody caused damage in your life. God can and will change our hearts if we ask. Colossians 3.13 in the New Living Translation says it like this. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. And remember, what? Who? The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Strong words there. How do we forgive those who cause so much hurt and damage in our life? We remember. We forgive as we have been forgiven. How many are forgiven by Christ today? How many didn't deserve that forgiveness? How many did some things in your life that are pretty bad stuff, you know? You thought some things. You said some things. You did some things. And... And did you get forgiven when you asked for forgiveness? Or did God go, well, I don't know. You know, you waited 20 years to serve me. Maybe I should wait 20 years to forgive you. (laughs) How do I forgive somebody who's so unforgivable, Pastor Larry? You don't know this person. Freely, I've been forgiven. Instantly, I've been forgiven and freely I forgive others. You have to make a choice. It starts with your personal choice. And I want to forgive others in the same way that I might need their forgiveness. Think about that little thing there. You may not need forgiveness from that person, but you might need forgiveness from this person. Don't you want to be forgiven? I've messed up. I've done the wrong thing. Or maybe I've done the right thing in the wrong way. How many of that's ever happened? I did the right thing, but I did it in the wrong way. Oh, you just can't win. (laughs) I didn't mean to. It doesn't matter whether you meant to or not. 
You did it. I've heard others, and they have forgiven me. Isn't that a wonderful gift when you forgive somebody? Give somebody a gift of forgiveness. Because it's a process, and that's the beginning of the process for you. It's a spiritual and emotional process of healing. It's like that shirt. It took time. It takes time to get that stain out, that stain of unforgiveness. And over time, we're not going to be saying, well, I am getting over it. Over, And someday you're going to say, I'm over it. You know, you start off with, well, I'm getting over it. I'm healing. I'm getting there. And one day, you know, Mark is recovering from the rabbit on his body. He's in a process to get stronger, to get over that thing that just about killed him. But one day he's not going to be recovering anymore. He's going to be walking in this church. And he's going to be like he always is. And if you're watching Mark, you know, with his corny jokes and carrying on and everything else that makes Mark the, the person that we love, the person that we love. And one day we'll say, well, Mark got over COVID. It took him two years or a year and a half or whatever it is, but he got over the rash of COVID on his body. See, whenever anybody's offended me, I try to raise my soul so high. This is what Descartes said. Raise my soul so high that the offense cannot reach it. You see, this was holding me back for a long time, but I'm getting over it. It damaged me. It set me back for a while, but I'm getting over it. I'm not rehearsing it. I'm releasing it. And then one day you'll say, I'm over it. I was out on, there was a person that I told you about that I had to make a choice to forgive. And a few months after I did that, to my great surprise, I was out on, on Lake um, Street. What is that lake? Brady Lake? Brady Lake Road out there? And I thought I was going to see my son and pick up my granddaughter and who walks out of this building is one of those people face to face eyeball to eyeball with me that I had forgiven and I often wonder what will happen when I see one of these people in the flesh will I still feel like killing them when I you know not actually killing them, but you know just letting them have it after all this time and when, to my great surprise, unexpectedly, that person was right there in front of me, I realized, I'm over it. They had no control over my life again. <laughs> I'm over it. And that's where we want to be. I'm not rehearsing it. I'm releasing it. I'm over it. You see, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. You know that story. And they sold him into slavery because they were so jealous of him. And he ended up a house servant. Then he ended up in prison. And then he was elevated to second in command under the great Pharaoh of Egypt. And then there was that great famine. And because he was second in command and had such great wisdom, there was plenty of grain that had been stored up in Egypt's coffers. And his family had to come from where they were to get grain from Egypt. 
Now, Joseph could have said, here's my opportunity to get even with those guys that threw me in that pit and told my father I was dead. But that's not what he did. Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God used for good. So whatever has happened to you, God has used to make you who you are today. And you could almost look at that person and say, I'm not glad that happened. But thank you, because God turned that into a massive change in my life and brought me to where I am today. See, Joseph decided to get over it, to release it to God. And with God's help, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm free from it. So if you find yourself still burdened with past hurts, offenses, betrayals, it happens. But let me just tell you, life is too short. Your calling is too big to live offended. Are you ready? For what? Are you ready? Are you ready to make a, the right decision? Are you ready to start the process? That with God's help, I'm going to get over being easily offended. Easily offended. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let these things ruin my day anymore. I'm not going to let these things ruin my holiday anymore. I'm not going to let these things ruin our family gatherings anymore. I'm not going to let these things ruin my relationship with people at work anymore. And I'm going to get over the big offenses. With God's help, I am also going to get over these biggies. I've had them around long enough. They've gathered dust in my life long enough. What used to hold me back has made me stronger. Hallelujah. What hurt me in the past has changed me to be more like Christ. I have him to thank for that. And what weighed me down for years no longer holds me back. I'm free. I'm over it. And remember, forgiving somebody doesn't excuse them for what they did. You're not excusing them for what they did. But what it does is it frees you. Forgiveness frees you. And you are not punishing them by any means by holding this grudge holding this unforgiveness you're just punishing yourself so free yourself life is too short your calling is too big to live offended amen let's pray father god i pray for that person today we've all been there every one of us we've had the big and the small things happen to us help us god first of all to live like you. Live like Jesus Christ. Who was chased down. Who was tormented. Who was persecuted by his own people. His own church, so to speak. They turned against him. And yet he hung on the cross and forgave them. And he died for their sins as well as mine. And we think that all that we've done, all that we've participated in, everything that we've thought, the way that we've lived, we're still forgiven by what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. 
So help us, God, to live free from these things. I know they hit us and they come at us unexpected and we feel we have rights. God, we have a right to live for you. We have a right to be forgiven by you We have a, because we belong to you. But we don't have a right to hold a grudge. We don't have a right to hold unforgiveness towards anybody because we're forgiven. Help us to release that. I pray for somebody today who's been, it's been more than road rage. It's been more than something somebody said. It's been uh, physical abuse. It's been mental abuse. It's been uh, emotional abuse. God, I pray for them right now. Lord, that is that is terrible, terrible stuff. And I pray for them right now, God, that you would begin the healing process in them. That one day, that right now they'll be able to say, hey, I'm stepping over this. I'm overlooking this. I'm not, I, I know it happened, but I want to move forward in my life. And I pray for them. Holy Spirit, touch them right now. Touch them and give them the power, not in themselves, but in you, empower them right now to step over these things and to leave them behind in their life and to begin to move forward in strength and empower and deliverance. In the name of Jesus, we pray it right now for that person who's dealing with these things that are holding them back. God, it's not what they have done, it's what others have done, but God, you have done more for them. You have done more for them on the cross. Lord, you forgave their sin. You forgave even the sin of those offenders. So, God, let us hold on to that. Let us hold on to the fact that we are forgiven. And, God, I pray that you would empower them in Jesus' name. Set them free right now. Let them make a new start in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we are free. We are free of the things that people have done to us. We are free of the past. And God, I pray right now that you would help us live like this. Help us to fulfill our calling. Lord, help us to fulfill our calling in you. Life is too short to live this way. And God, give us the freedom to fulfill what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you ready to be live free? It's funny to talk about some of these things because it's true. Those little things, they are true, but they can turn our lives around sometimes and build up. And those big things that have happened, unfortunately, they are true too. And they will always be a part of your life. But by releasing that and forgiving people, and you can move forward and God can build on that like you would not believe. Let him do that today. I want to thank those who have joined us through our streaming uh, channel today, through YouTube and through Facebook. And we encourage you to be with us each, every, each and every week that uh, you can possibly be uh, joining us that way. But we would love to have you come and be with us again. We have our Christmas Eve service that will be on the 24th here at 6 o'clock p.m., <coughs> 6 to 7 p.m., Carol's Candlelight Communion. It'll be a beautiful service. Won't you come and join us? God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightandkent.com. For more information, 
You can also reach out to us at info at thelightinkent.com or message us on Facebook.